You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. Thank you for tuning in with me today. You know, one thing that I see arising over and over is that theme of motivation. You know, it's one that may appear as being stuck or unknowing in our direction, but when we look closely, it's really about discovering the motivation to make a change. Motivation and change are so closely intertwined, and it's a topic that today's guest has spent much of her career defining. I'm speaking with Lara Fassman, a licensed clinical social worker, credentialed in addictions, and certified in professional coaching, who also happens to be my therapist on and off for 20 years, (laughs) full disclosure here. And what I've enjoyed about knowing Lara over the years is that she brings a calm. You know, whatever you are tightly wound about, she is calm and progressive about how to address it. She weaves in these educated pieces like cognitive behavioral therapy with real life experience so that it it resonates. She understands how people are wired in their various forms and that we are having human experiences. Lara loves practicing utilizing the theory of motivation. She works like a detective examining what within a person is motivating them for change. She believes that when we see the relationship between motivation and change, we become empowered, feeling we are in control and can easily work towards the goals that we have set for ourselves. The long game is motivation. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game is my approach to business, the actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Long Game Podcast. We are in for a treat today. I have someone who is very special to me here as our guest. Her name is Lara Fassman. She's a licensed clinical social worker, credentialed in addictions and certified in professional coaching, and someone who I have had a long-term relationship with. You know, full disclosure, Lara has been, you know, my therapist and someone who I've turned to in times of need over the years for almost 20 years now. Like ridiculous when I hard <laughs> to think. So welcome oh my to gosh. the show, Lara. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. I've been so looking forward to doing this. And right? I have to say, like, this is one of my favorite things that I get to talk about through most of my days at work, which is how to help people make change. And I find that the main ingredient in change is an internal sense of motivation. I like to tap into people's like, why do you want to make this mm-hmm. change? Where is it coming from? Right. And it can, it, it, it kind of pecks at us. I mean, you know, we've all got that inside of us and these pieces and they come out over time, sometimes quicker, sometimes a slower process of it. So, you know, you and I were talking recently and 
we got on the topic of motivation and I was like, you have got to come on the show and talk about this because, you know, one of the things I love about you is, you know, you bring this, you know, these educated pieces of like cognitive therapy and all, you know, behavior therapy to real life experience so that it really resonates. Like, you know, we start to understand, you know, why we're doing something, you know, you understand how people are wired and we're having these human experiences. So, you know, I, you've always made me feel better about myself, even when I was making poor decisions, because it's okay. Like I can keep moving forward. Right. Yes. So I love that piece. And, and so we were talking about motivation and I think it's something that we all struggle with. And especially as business owners, like how do we get the motivation to do this and that, you know, we, we, we have goals and we want to move in a direction. So Thank you so much for being here today. And let's like jump right into it. I mean, I know, you you know, you view motivation as part of change. Yeah. And I look at it as like, it involves the connection between your thoughts, your feelings and actions. And so what I mean by that is that you could have a thought, like I want to make a change in my life and you could have the feeling attached to it, which is it would be so good to have that change in my life. I'd feel so much better about whatever it might be if I can do that thought in my head. And so what has to follow, because otherwise you're just going to spin your wheels and you're going to stay stuck in your thoughts and feelings, which is you have to take physical action. So I'm always pointing out to people, which is like, what action can you take in order to make that change? Usually it's a baby step. I don't recommend to people to make a a major change in their life. You know, I, I, for instance, I work with so many people who say they want to, whether it's they want to leave their job and get a new one, whether they want to leave their spouse, their partner and end a relationship. I always say, don't do anything impulsively. Always look at it. Like what's the first step in that? Right. What's the first thing that you need to do? Usually it's gathering information. I love to tell people like before you do anything, research, look into it, ask others who might Uh be further ahead than you in the same change that you want to implement for yourself. Well, that's like a sense of becoming aware, right? Like you're, you're not acting yet. You're just becoming aware of the possibilities, the options, all of that, right? Yeah. I think that's always the first step, which is like in gathering information, it does help you take a look at what are the strengths and weaknesses of moving forward in implementing this change? What are the pros and cons? What's And what's the first step? So that again, you know, the impulsivity in change always leads to a dead end. It never works. It reminds me of like a fad (laughs) diet. I never (laughs) see a fad diet working for long. Sure, immediately it may give you that benefit where you're on a fad diet and you're only drinking water for three days. Like, of course, you're going to lose 20 pounds. But what about after that? When you have to put food into your diet, you have to eat, right? So looking at what is realistic, usually Uh what's impulsive is not realistic. It's usually rooted in fantasy. It's rooted in that immediacy. Like if I do this impulsive thing, it's going to give me what I want in this moment. But the question is, can you sustain it? Is it going to give you the same Uh exact result a year from now, two years from now? Because that's what I like to say to people, which is when you implement a change, you're going to be able to keep this change. You're going to be able to maintain it. If you take even that, uh, it starts with the initial step of research what you want to change, look into it, examine your motivation for it. 
And how do we, you know, the big question is always like, how do we motivate ourselves, right? Like, you know, you become aware of something. Okay, now we're researching it. So, you know, what is the next step? Because for me, I always think like, okay, motivation is attached to a goal. You know, like there's got to be a goal so that you have this outcome that you want. You have to want something to motivate yourself to move in that direction or make that change, right? You know, and that's why you stay motivated because you're you're seeing the progress, you're working towards it. So I have two thoughts on that. One is, you know, so how do, how do we motivate ourselves? Is it with setting a goal? And two, does that set us up for like always having something to do? Like, I'm not motivated unless I'm doing something, which is I fall into that case, right? Like, oh, okay, now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think to answer your first question, like, you know, where does motivation come from? I think it comes from an examination of turning inward and asking yourself, what are my wants? What are my needs? Whether it's related to work, asking yourself, like, am I satisfied in the workplace? Is Mm -hmm. this work purposeful? Is it meaningful? Am I serving others? How fulfilled am I at the end of the day compared to the start of the day? I love to tell people that I know I'm in the right uh, career field because I truly, and I mean this, 99% of the time, I end the day with as much energy as I did at the beginning of the day. That to me is a great indicator. I'm doing the best work for me. And I tell everyone, regardless of what the work is, you should be feeling fulfilled by it. You should be feeling energized, not depleted by it. The same in all our relationships. It's so important that we feel fulfilled, energized, happy about Uh every relationship in our life, right? So sure, that's like the ideal. Can we live an idealized life? No, not perfectly, of course. But for the most part, it is important to ask yourself, what am I here to do? What can I offer? And what am I getting in return? Uh Okay, in all our relationships. So you give a lot in the workplace. Most people I know who are satisfied at work, they tell me that they're treated really well in return, that they feel like it's a wonderful relationship, that they feel cared for. They feel recognized for their hard work and their efforts, not just in monetary ways, but in other ways as well. So I think motivation, again, is rooted in making sure that you're working towards a goal that fits with your emotional wants and needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the, the why of everything, right? It's so, it's attached to our core values as well. You know, you've got to understand what's important to you. You know, this is something that I've really just been investigating more in the past year. You know, I've used this podcast to investigate it, you know, to unearth what my core values are in my business. So that is my why of why I'm doing this. And it it helps as a directional piece so that I'm able to say, that's something good for me, or that's not something good for me. You know, it, it helps make those decisions in that way as well. Yeah. So I think that in you being able to identify a goal based on what makes you, what is making you happy. And I often ask people to identify, like, what were their early beliefs about, uh, especially when it comes to work, what were their early beliefs about work and career? As a matter of fact, I was talking this morning with somebody who, um, he's a CPA, and he's been very unhappy at work. And I asked him a question that really bewildered him, which is, I said, what led you 
to want to be a CPA. He almost looked at me like I had two heads. <laughs> and he's like, I think my parents, he said, I think it was my parents that wanted me to go into this field. It's and, safe. It's a nice career. <laughs> yes. And that's what he said. He said, I knew that I would be making a great living. I knew that I would survive in the world right, right. and that I'd make it. But I asked him that question of like, well, did you ever think whether you'd be happy doing it or not? And he said, no, he didn't really think about the emotional aspect of what would the field, what would that field look like for him in terms of would it be enjoyable? Would he like it? Would it offer him, you know, in, in meeting his emotional needs? He didn't ask himself those questions. And that's why he's now kind of not happy at work. He's mm-hmm. trying to figure out like what else is there for him to be doing? It's so important because that happiness piece really spurs the motivation because if you aren't happy, you know, if you're, if you are happy, then it's easy to want to do the next thing, you know, to want to progress and to dive in. I, you know, I, I've done, did an episode recently on happiness and, you know, I was talking about how like I'm up late at night and my eyelid is twitching, but like, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm happy about it that, you know, but like, to me, that's the, okay, it's time to, my body's telling me it's time to turn off. And I'm like, yes, you know, my husband always jokes that I'm typing so feverishly he can hear me typing, you know? So I think those things though, like, but I'm happy with what I'm doing because I'm also spending my time in certain ways. You know, sometimes I'm working at 11 o'clock at night because I've taken time to take the kids to do something that that's important to me as well, to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's like an interesting piece, which is I love to point out to people like, is your work life fitting in with the rest of your life? Are you able to, you know, have some flexibility? You know, just like you're saying, like you could take off a couple of hours in the afternoon knowing that you might be up a little bit later in the evening catching up on some things, but that works for you because it Mm -hmm. makes you feel probably like you're able to care for your children and you're also able to care for your career. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And that brings me to another important piece, which is, you know, I I always examine people with people regarding how do they feel in terms of their ability to take care of themselves? Where are they in their self-care practices? Because I usually find that people who are in a good place where they tell me, you know what, they do feel good. They feel like they get enough sleep at night. They feel like they, they're eating well, that they have enough time to prepare meals, that they have enough quality time with their partner, with their children. Those are usually the people who are working towards their goals, who do have a relationship with motivation and change. It's those that I notice who are saying, I'm not sleeping well, I don't feel good, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm self-medicating with substances. I usually know there's going to be a correlation with that. They're probably feeling very stuck. They're probably not feeling like they're in the process of change, mm-hmm. working towards you know, making change in, in order to improve the quality of their life. And. That sentence brings us to the next point that I really, I know that you want to emphasize and I want to talk about is about action. You know, like when you are in action and working towards making change, you know, that action piece of it becoming a habit or part of a routine, you know, like that motivation is building because of action, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't just, you know, it starts, but then it builds that momentum because you're in a working piece and in action. Yeah. And again, like without action, the thoughts and feelings 
of wanting to make a change in your life. Those two things alone are just going to be like spinning your wheels. You're not going to get anywhere. And I'd probably be at a business if it wasn't for the fact that most people are just in that spinning of their wheels. Most people are telling me, Lara, I think day and night of wanting to make this change in my life regarding maybe they want to get divorced. Maybe they want to change a job. Maybe they want to have one more child. Maybe they want to, you know, start having children, you know, whatever it might be, but they don't take that action step. And I always point out to them without the action step, you're not going to get anywhere. So what's action? What is that all about? Mm -hmm. I love to tell people that's in the researching, that's in the examining. So it's not just in the physical movement of change. It's in the gain information, get outside the box of just what you think and just what you feel about the situation. Learn more about it. I love to tell people, ask other people, ask other people that you know, who just went back to work, ask them, what is that like? Uh Ask other people who you know, who may just have changed jobs, ask them how they do that. You know, change doesn't come easily for anybody, right? I never met anybody who said, oh, that was a piece of cake. You know, (laughs) that like that wonderful change I made in my life. That was so simple. No, change is hard. So we have to learn from other people. And that's something else, Sandra, that I think is so important. So many of us are scared to talk with other people Uh about difficult things. They're scared to say, like, how's your marriage going? Do you ever think about divorce? Are you thinking about a separation? Because plenty of people are, but no one's talking about it unless you bring it up. Well, that's also about connection, you know, like, I really emphasize having a network of people who you are connected with so that you can have those types of conversations. You know, um, that's something like you've got to change your mindset, have some support with some like practical advice, but then that connection that you can be inspired by or, you know, all of those three things working together is something that I've used to overcome being stuck and getting motivation to do something that I've needed to. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when we see that other people have done it and they're Mm -hmm. ahead of us in doing it, I find that very motivating for people to be able to say, oh yeah, I have a friend and she's two steps ahead of me working towards the same goal as me. Or I have a friend and she told me like last year she had the same exact problem and here's what she did about it. And now I know that 365 days from now I could be where she is. And, And you're right that It doesn't come unless you open up to other people. And I love to ask other people. I, you know, that's also why I love the work that I do because I love to get inside people's lives and say, (laughs) how'd you do that difficult thing? Because Uh you know what, Sandra, someone like you even is you're motivating to me to see what you have. I've known you for 20 years. You're self made and you've inspired me seeing what you've done over the past 20 years is incredible. So, you know, this is how we make change through connection, through support, just like you're mentioning. It's so true. So I tell people, where can you get support for that? Is there a group out there for you to get support? You know, I tell women, especially, you know, let's say a woman who I may be counseling who'd like to get divorced. I say, look, before you do anything, join a support group. Hear from other women what it's like. 
Hear right. what and separation is like. Ideas, right. Yes. And know yeah. what's coming down the road if that's the path that you decide to take as well. Right. Yes. And exactly. I think you know, people forget that we have so many of these options available to us in our network. Um, you know, I was talking about how I've leaned on a membership site that I'm part of. You know, it was never something I thought like, hey, I'm going to bring my problem that, to them. But they meet once a month on Zoom and I showed up the one time and they said, Sandra, what's going on with you? And I said this and six people helped me move yes. through a process. And I was like, all right, I just got some help from these people who, you know, I don't have to know them. You know, I, I, I knew it was a safe space to open. And so that was a support. So we all have that in these different spaces. We just have to think about it. Yes. Think about where our spaces are. Yeah. And, you know, that starts also with knowing you're not alone right? Many of us think I'm the only one with this situation. I'm the only one who wants to make this change in my life. We get very stuck in that type of, it's a cognitive distortion. We think that we're the only one who's dealing with this and that nobody else out there will understand or no one else out there will be able to support us or give us advice on a situation. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. So what's next after action? You know, then we go into, you know, you've started to take the action with motivation. Like what, what comes next? We've, you've researched, you've started to put wheels in motion. What, what's another, what's the next piece in the motivation puzzle? Okay. So after action, you know, and really before action, there are a couple of stages, right? The first one is denial, which is that you don't even know that you need to make a change, right? And right. maybe you're not somebody, aware yet, right? <laughs> you're not even aware, but maybe somebody else brings it to your attention. You know, there are many people that I see who come to me and say, Larry, you know what? My husband notices that I'm so unhappy and he brought up that maybe I should leave my job. Maybe I should get a new one. Right. And they'll say, I didn't even think about that for myself. I didn't even realize the connection between my, my job and level of unhappiness. Right. Because they're not even aware of it. It's like an unconscious dynamic for them. So often I find that, you know, I'll meet somebody who might be in the denial stage, or maybe they're in the contemplation stage, which is also before action. So contemplation is where you kind of like, you're thinking that you you have to make a change, but you're not, re- you're not even sure how to do it. You're not sure uh-huh. what the steps are. And you're not even sure that you want to do it because often in contemplation where you're ambivalent about change, you're scared. Uh-huh. You know, we are creatures of habit. Even when we're in a stressful, especially when we're in a stressful situation, I find that people would rather stay in a stressful situation than make a change and be in a less stressful situation. Right. Well, you know, there's that facing it, right? There's contemplation is the facing it. Yeah. You know, you've got to face it and decide what you're going to do. So it forces you to stay put or make a change. Yes. And I like to tell people that, you know, there's a difference between a familiar stress, which is that you're in this situation, you're very unhappy in it, and you actually almost like are just used to it. You're used to being stressed. It's a comfortable place. It's a familiar place. And so it's easier Uh to stay there than to do where I like to bring people, which is to a place of let's go to an unfamiliar stress. Let's make it and we'll make it familiar. And it will become more joyful and happy. So rather than staying in this familiar stress, 
let's experiment with what could be unfamiliar, but more happy and joyful ultimately, right? So that's where the action comes in. So even earlier today, Sandra, I was speaking with somebody and they were talking about wanting to make a career change and maybe going back to school. So I said to them, listen, the first thing that I would suggest, call some local colleges, admission counselors, they're there at their desk. They want the phone to ring. They need to keep their jobs. So they right. want someone right. like you to call and say, hello, I'm wondering about your school. I'm wondering about different majors, different curriculums. Can you give me information? Start there. Start with gathering information for yourself because information gives you power, as you know, right? And it gives you knowledge. And it also makes you realize like, wow, you know, I just learned something. I didn't know about this. And it makes you feel more hopeful and more powerful. So that in itself is going to help you with what's next, which is like, I'm going to be saying to this client, for instance, like, okay, sign up for a class. What Uh sounded good? Take one class. You don't have to enroll. You don't have to give up your job. Take a class. Right, right, right. It's the virtually. It's the one step rather than the impulsive quitting my job and going back to school, you know, yes, and taking out a loan like hundred thousand dollars. Like, no, don't do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's such a good uh, example of it as well. Yes. Do what's going to fit into your life as it already exists. Okay. I like to tell people like, again, especially people like who are giving up a substance when it comes to their recovery, I like to point out to them, put add on to your life. Add a Alcoholics Anonymous meeting into your life. You don't have to give up your job to go into recovery. You don't have to go away for 90 days to give up a substance. You can just do something for an hour a day that can make all the difference in the world. An hour a day, accumulating those hours, accumulating those weeks, those months, they turn into a year. And then a year Mm -hmm. turns into more days, more months, and more years. That's something I, I, right. I say that's something I really talk about is saying like that action you take right now sets you up for a year later. Like you have to start or you're not going to have the completion a year later or the progress that you could have a year later unless you start. Yes. You start, but also with the ingredient of what can you add on to your life? right? So add on that hour-long Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Add on a class at a local college. Add on, again, when it comes to, let's say, people that want to start a diet. I say to them, don't give up carbohydrates because you're not going to be able to keep that going for very long. Ultimately, like you're going to want to have a piece of cake and you should eat the cake. Life is short. But do this instead, which is add a vegetable to each meal. Add more fruits to your diet. So I like to come from a place of, it's not always about what you're going to take away, right? Mm-hmm. Come from a place of what could you add on that is going to fit so easily into your life. And from there, you build on. I love that idea because uh, in making change, it's so fearful. Everything's different. So it's not radical in this motivation piece, right? It doesn't have to be radical. And we talk about that in terms of like laying out a plan, like know what your next step is. And you can add on once you're in a routine. You know, I I have um, a few people who've asked me about this podcast even. Why don't I do video? Why am I not recording video of it? Even though it's a year into it, like 
when I started, I couldn't manage that. You know, like I was like, I'm about doing this podcast weekly and creating this content, getting people here, all of that, expressing myself. And that was one more thing that I couldn't do. You know, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it all. And so, you know, you, I started with what I could do. Yes. And now I can add on. I'm like, all right, I'm adding on this piece, not that piece kind of thing. So yeah. And coming from that place of adding on, I think is less fearful. You know, it's fear that keeps us from making change, right? Because usually we associate change with, oh no, what am I going to have to stop doing? What am I never going to be able to do again? Right. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be like that because that negative thinking also, what it does is it increases, it increases the fear. It increases the stagnation where it's like, well, if I have to take all those things away, I'm just going to keep things the way they are. And that goes back to the familiar stress. We get very addicted to our level of stress. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because that makes me think too of like people I work with who are ready to make a change in their business and start to steer their business in another way. But you know, they're latched onto the old people, the old clients, all of that type of thing where it's like, you do have to move past your fear and take one step to start almost like turning your ship in another direction. You know, it doesn't just happen in a big swoosh. It happens slowly where you're starting to move your business towards the other goal that you want to have or that you want to obtain. Yes, I totally agree. So in steering the ship in a slightly different direction, while following, because again, it starts with really getting in touch with what are your values? What do you want to Uh achieve? Making those little tiny changes is actually very easy. When you think about, you know, what are the commitments that you now really want to focus on that are important to you and that you see that light at the end of the tunnel? Because in gathering information about it, in talking with other people about it, increasing your level of support, increasing your resources in order to make that change, mm-hmm. it becomes very easy to steer and to move the ship in a whole nother direction. You know, we talk a lot about overwhelm, right? Like I have people who come to me who are overwhelmed with what they have to do to have a successful business. And so that's you know exactly that point of, you take it one step at a time. You bring on your resources. You know, we don't go from, you know, that's the whole premise of this podcast. You know, there are no quick fixes for long-term success. Like you've got to build the foundation. You've got to show up and work through the process, you know, and and a lot of people make it look easy by, oh, here I am. And it was like 15 years later and (laughs) the overnight success, right? You know, I just think that is a smart approach and to keep in mind, as you're working towards your goals, keep your values in mind, start moving in that direction. Yeah. And you bring up a good point about getting overwhelmed. I think what happens for people who are overwhelmed, they can't make a move. So they can't steer their ship. Instead, they are stuck in that spinning of their wheels, going over. I really want to do this. I really wish I could. I want to. I'm trying. But they're not making any progress. And the reason that's happening is because in being overwhelmed, your body goes into a state of fear and panic, right? And as you know, when that happens, you can't make a move. You're like frozen and paralyzed. 
You totally. Know? And that's not the way to live either or exist. It goes back to the happiness piece that we talked about earlier, right? Yes. You want to be happy and you've got to be physically happy, physically well and not overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that, that makes me think of, um, Sandra, I want to tell you a great story of, I have a dear friend, we grew up together and five years ago, while working in a hospital, she said to me, you know, I really want to move forward and get my nurse practitioner degree. But while working in a hospital full time, I'd have to be in a part time program and it'll take me five years to become a nurse practitioner. And I said to her, fantastic, get started. Because here's my theory, five years is going to come and go. You may as well have something great to show for it, right? And so literally, Sandra, that was five years ago. And today she became a nurse practitioner. And it was with taking one class per semester, year round for Mm -hmm. five years. Right? So to me, that's such a great story about how change, the best changes do happen slowly. But they happen with direction. They mm-hmm. happen with right. being clear with yourself, getting focused, setting a goal, knowing that you can achieve it with these little tiny baby steps. And you get there. And you get there, right? And who cares? I always <laughs> tell people, who cares how long it takes? Time is going to pass anyway. All right, it'll take you two years. Okay, it'll take three, five years. What's the difference? Time is going to come and go anyway. This way, at least you have something to show for it. It's never too late. No. And, and I want to talk about too, uh, that piece. So after, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up, you've, you're making these steps, you know, you've got to maintain that, right? There's a maintenance yes. piece that yes. comes like you've embraced this for the long term. You're doing this. You've made it a habit. You've yeah. created this into your routine. And then there's that. You've got to keep the motivation to keep it going. And that's yes. a piece as well. Yeah. So I know we kind of skipped over because we were talking about like the stages of change, which start with denial, contemplation. Then there's planning, right? So that's where you're like talking about like, yeah, I could see myself making that change. I could see myself going back to school, leaving this job, starting another one, whatever it might be. And then there's the action. You actually do it. You make it happen. And then you're right. Then comes maintenance, which is how do you keep that action, the change? How do you keep that in place? Well, it's probably going to be through practice and repetition. You're going to do today what you did yesterday. Tomorrow, you're going to do what you did today. That's what I love to tell people. How do you keep things going? Because people always say, oh, no, I'm so scared. Like, what if I lose it all? What if like all these changes, like they end up, you know, failing and not working out? And I like to point out to people, that's very unlikely. Do today what you did yesterday. Just repeat. Well, you know, once people are in too and in the action, like you start to see some of the benefits. So like, that fear starts to slide away because, you know, there's new things that arise as you're, let's say, six months into your motivation or your project or whatever you're working on that come. But some of those earlier things start to slip away because it is a routine. It is a habit now. You know, you are doing the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And then it becomes like around that six month mark, just like you're pointing out, it becomes more automatic. 
those changes that you made early on, those little baby steps that you had to give a lot of thought to, you did have to spend a lot of time, you know, just like, let's say you changed your diet. You do initially spend a lot of time grocery shopping. You're looking at a lot of different foods. You're picking up the things that really, you know, are going to be, have the best labels on the back of them. That takes a lot of time and energy. But then it becomes a learned behavior. You know what to buy. You know what you're going to feed yourself. You know what you're going to prepare. Just like that new job. You know, people often say to me, like, how am I going to like, you know, leave this job and start a new one? I'm going to have to learn all new things. It's going to be so hard in the beginning. And I like to point out like, okay, it may be hard. It may be challenging. But over time with practice and repetition, because that's what makes a habit is practice and repetition, it becomes automatic. It becomes a learned behavior that you barely have to give any thought to anymore. And that's kind of the place we want to get to, right? When you're in and then we go back to that concept of adding on, then you can add on, right? Like I'm feeling ready now to add on to what I'm doing with my podcast. It's what, you know, it's, yes, I'm in this repetition. I'm at this place. And then you can add on to the next step. So, you know, it's still motivation. It's still, you know, I'm never not in motivation mode, so to speak, but now I'm ready for that next piece. Yes. And the motivation, like I think I mentioned to you, motivation is a verb, right? It's something that you do. You can't wait to be motivated to do something. You can't treat it like a mm-hmm. noun. You have to treat <laughs> it like it's, it's an action verb. It's like, I'm going to do motivation. I'm going, and because if you act on it long enough, you're going to feel it. You're going to experience it. And then that it's that building block. You see the reward. And having done something that maybe or maybe not you were so motivated to do, but in doing it and seeing the reward in it, it builds on it and you do it again and again and again. That is really is the perfect thought to end this on because it gives you the understanding that it's it's not a destination, right? Motivation isn't a destination. It's a process. So you're yes. always in it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lara. You know, my affinity for you. So I'm, you know, having this time with you and having you come into my world a little bit has been like such a, you know, a bonus for me. So let us know where can everybody find you? Well, you can find me. I have a great website, clearcutcoach.com. Feel free to reach out with any questions, any concerns, any help that I could offer. And we'll make sure we link to everything in the show notes and, you you know, where you can find Lara. And I can't recommend her more personally, obviously. And, you know, if there is anything that you need to talk about in your life or work through, like there is such a calm that she brings to whatever situation you have. So Lara, thank you again for being here. You're the best. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.